Hello and welcome to the Be Fairy Afraid podcast with me, Louise Atkinson. And me, Fiona Ridgewell. And we thought it would be fun to share all the original ye olde myths, legends and fairy tales that we've been talking about over way too many drinks at the pub. Yeah, we thought it would be so much better than looking at the boring, sweet, safe versions we're all used to. And we thought it would be much more fun to dig into the dark, original and sordid fairy tales of the past. So much more fun. Yep. Everything from scary trolls, tiny fairies, mythical gods, and that guy that just won't leave your house. Oh, why won't he leave? We're covering it all. (laughs) So, to kickstart this podcast episode, we thought we'd quote one of the best storytellers and writers of our time, Jean-Baptiste Basile, when he said from his fairy tale, The Enchanted Doe, Shut your mouths and open your ears and hear what I shall tell you. (laughs) And wait for him in his EastEnders cameo, (laughs) coming to you soon. Off we go. Hello. Hello. How's it going? How is it going? What have I been? What have I done today? Um, well, you came in singing the Shrek soundtrack. Oh my god! Do you, do you know what? I thought get in the mood. Listen to a load of. Well, listen to. It's a lot of traffic. Listen to an hour and a half worth of the Shrek musical. Oh yeah. To be fair, you did have to specify to me because I went the soundtrack and you got really defensive and went um the musical and I was like oh I'm so terribly sorry I didn't know there was a difference. Did you never see the musical at Drury Lane? Of course it was at Drury Lane. Um, and no, not my buttons. Not my buttons. <laughs> I said, not your buttons. Yeah, uh, I'm at Drury Lane. Oh, yeah, of course it's at Drury Lane. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> and I'm the one that saw it. That yeah. one went over Hang my on. head. So did you just think I was just cracking on doing the gingerbread impression for no reason? Like, she's fucking lost it. And then you, you just joined in and then put the pieces together. I just assumed Drury Lane was your favourite theatre in London. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, uh, all the good ones are at Drury Lane. Are they? Oh, no, no, you just thought, thought that was your opinion. I saw um, Frozen there. Oh, my God, I saw Frozen there. Um, I'm 37 now. I must have been 36 <laughs> on New Year's Eve alone. I saw Frozen. Get in the bin. You went to see Frozen on your own. I mean, whilst I'm very respectful of living your independent best life, the fucking state of that. What were you doing? Well, I think I was very lonely by that time. <laughs> and I thought it's weirder to go out like to like a nightclub or something on a New Year's Eve where people might grab me and sort of like wish me Happy New Year and I'd have to interact with human beings. Got you, yeah. Whereas where I could just sit alone in a theatre surrounded by, what, 3,000 children that went to... Oh, see my Christ. <laughs> it was a bit of a mistake, actually, because it was... Really? Mass- it, well, it was. I enjoyed the show, don't get me right. Right. wrong mm. um, but it was the matinee and the kids didn't have the attention span whereas weirdly I did right um, but I started doing loads of stuff on my own do you do a lot on your own oh I love being on my own I despise people but I probably would cut off at going to see Frozen on my own right um, no judgment but also massive judgment actually no the reason there's the judgment is because you voluntarily chose to go to a matinee show which is so clearly for children 
No, it does, it's not a different before. It's not interactive or anything. No, but that. like you're taking a kid to an afternoon show, aren't you? You aren't going, hey, kid, let's go to this 9 p.m. one. Yeah, well, the thing is, actually, Louise, they right. don't do an evening performance on New Year's <laughs> Eve because, <laughs> weirdly, other people have got other oh. shit to do. Well, what a fool I look. <laughs> I'm so glad you've showed me up here. So I had to go to the 2 p.m. Right, um, right. But, yeah, and I did something else on my own the other day. Uh, involuntary, really. I went to see... Um, my friend is in something called Rock Orchestra. Oh, uh, yeah, I know this friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's a comedian, Faye Tracy. Yeah. Hello, Faye. Mm-hmm. And um, she's in Rock Orchestra. She plays the trombone. It's very I don't good. know why. <laughs> Which you're acting out. Giving blowjobs. Yeah, um, <laughs> she same, same vibe. Plays the trombone. And um, yeah, I went with another friend. And at the interval, she was like, I've got to leave to get my train. I was like, I'm having a fucking lovely time. I'm going to stay. I was sober. I was like, I was like rocking out on my own to mm. rock orchestra. Just, yeah, just having a. I think, I, I don't know, I think I've settled into my own personality. I think I can be with myself now. The fact that you have to really grasp at things you've done on your own really illustrates to me how little you do on your own. Like, if you asked me to list what I do on my own, we wouldn't have enough time. Have you holidayed on your own? Yep. Where have you holidayed? I went to Madrid on my own. Madrid? Yeah. Okay, have you gone Have you gone further? Or uh, well, I used to have a job where I used to have to travel around a lot, so I had to go and live in places and I'd have to go and do it on my own. But then you'd be working there, so you just make friends and stuff. But I had to do that on my own. Oh, I feel like even when I do things on my own, I don't make friends. <laughs> do you make friends? You make new friends? I feel like... I've... But we, we have the opposite problem, because you go in search of friends, I go in search of no one, and everybody surrounds me like rat and doesn't leave me alone. I'm like, why can't you just leave me be? And they're like, you seem friendly. I'm like, I seem like I hate life. Why are you bothering coming near me and fiddling up my time? Oh, it pisses me off. So we have like the opposite problem. Yeah, oh, poor Louise Atkinson, so popular. <laughs> oh, what a diabolical problem. I don't know what it is. It absolutely drives me insane. Um, I cope with it and it, people need to leave me be. People do Comedians do it in green rooms all the time. I'll go into a green I don't want to be spoken to before my gig. You yep. know this. I've tried with you and you, you're one of the ones who comes up and speaks to me. I'm like, what do you want? I'll be sat there, I'll have massive headphones on, I'll have a book out, either a notebook or an actual physical book. And people go, Lou looks amenable, let's go and talk to her. And one of them wanders up and then the rest swarm around me like a plague of lurkers. And then everybody's talking around me. I was like, what part of all of this did made you think, Lou wants a conversation? Because I didn't. We're quite different personalities, we are. aren't we? And yeah. I think that's where this podcast has come from. And honestly, I didn't know I was that angry about it. I knew I was upset. So I found out <laughs> at the same time as you. I wish I hadn't found out at the same time as you. I'm so sorry. But here we are. We're holding on to the desk. <laughs> it's good that we get these things out in the open. Oh, yeah, great. Um, right. Do you want to know what story we're doing this week? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, good, because if you had said no, it would have ruined the podcast. <laughs> you got your little old smelly book there. And do you like, I got my laptop stand, so now I've got like a fancy book stand. Oh, oh. Do you like it? Yeah, very sexy. I know, I thought so. Um, Brothers Grimm. Yep. Ye- very, very ye oldy, very famous fairy tale tellers. <laughs> fairy tale tellers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, basically, they're one of the probably most well-known people for writing really more honest, truthful, grim versions of fairy tales. Um, you're going to love it, Beth. I just, I don't like honest and grim. I'm... And yet here we are as <laughs> friends. <laughs> How are we together? <laughs> Louise Atkinson, honest and grim. <laughs> Lovely. The title of my biography, soon to be out on shelves near you. 
Um, yeah, so uh, Brothers Grimm, um, mostly linguistic scholars. Yep. And uh, what's interesting is the story we're doing this week, Clever Elsie. In the first version they did, this story wasn't in it. It was actually another version of it, which they cut out and replaced it with this one. Why was it too dark? No, it was actually shorter. But what was interesting is it wasn't Clever Elsie. The woman in it had a different name. And I actually think it's one of either Jacob or Wilhelm's exes. And they were like, let's show this woman up. And oh, I think they changed it. I think. I've done podcasts like that. And I, I what, where you I, showed people up? Where I've mentioned exes. And I thought you shouldn't have done that. I wish it, I could go back and rewrite them, re-record <laughs> them. But I can't. They're out there. They're out there in the ether. And they'll know that it's them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So if I do that in this one, because please do shush me. name them and give their Instagram tag in the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I do, but I, I really relate directly to exact situations where it couldn't have been anyone else. And like, there's probably, like, you know, like on my Instagram, there's probably a photo that shows that we I was with that person yeah, at that place. I understand the problem. So apologies to all of my ex-lovers. I apologise to your exes. You yeah, call them lovers. That. Call them lovers? Like you're an 18th century madam, my previous lovers. Oh, you dirty little lovers. <laughs> Is this one erotic? Um, no. Are any of them? Possibly. <laughs> Depends what gets you off, to be fair. <laughs> well, let's see. Maybe it is erotic. Yeah. Um, right. Do you want to get started? Yeah, please. Right. Here we go. Brothers Grimm. Clever Elsie. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some voices in this. Okay. Just to break Choose it. wisely. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so interesting if we got cancelled in episode I'm, one? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the first episode. Please be careful right. with the voices. <clears throat> Here we go. There was once a man who had a daughter who was called Clever Elsie. It's not going to be erotic. <laughs> <laughs> Intelligence can be very erotic. You know? What is your problem? Um, and when she had grown up, her father said, we will get her married. He was like, let's crack on. I wish my dad had said that about me. <laughs> just gone for it, just married me off. But okay. Yes, said the mother. If only anyone would come who would have her. That's a good mother-daughter relationship right there, say, <laughs> That does sound like my mum. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. The original name of this was Clever Fiona. You're right. That's what was changed. Um, I'm pretty sure there's no folktale out there called Clever Fiona. Well, to be fair, we don't know if it's being sarcastic yet, so let's stop oh, it. Oh, it might be, yeah. <laughs> um, at length, a man came from a distance and wooed her, who was called Hans. But he stipulated... Oh, called Hans? Well, they're German, aren't they, Brothers Grimm? Oh, right. So There weren't many names about, knocking about. Yeah, it was like Hans, Jakob, Wilhelm. So you just named the three that you know? Gus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So Hansy... Uh, yeah, Hansie, he's there. <clears throat> he stipulated that clever Elsie should be really wise. Oh, said the father, she's sharp enough. And the mother said, oh, she can see the wind coming up the street and hear the flies coughing. Which, you know, very traditional phrase and obviously not weird <laughs> in any way. Mother's definitely not smacked off her tits. Right, I need a voice for Hans. Well, he's quite German, isn't oh, he? You said. Do a German um, uh, wie heißt du? I'm sorry. Is that German? Uh, it sounded German. What does it mean? Was it? Wie heißt du? I don't, I don't know, I do know actually. I wish I hadn't said it. <laughs> Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Okay. Yeah. Well, said Hans. Oh, wow, you're really up oh, that. He's gone quite, he's gone quite camp, actually. I didn't see this happening. 
You I surprised yourself. I think, <laughs> I think it's because the only one I think of is, do you know Etna from The Incredibles? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm channeling. That, that, you are channeling that. Or the only other German I could think of was Alan Rickman from Die Hard. Oh, right. Is he Jer- I haven't seen Die Hard. He's German, So Die Hard 3. What do you mean you've not seen Die Hard? <laughs> Please don't thud the table. <laughs> <laughs> so Die Hard 3. And uh, I figured I didn't need Who one. Who jumps and to three? <laughs> Me and my mum both do that. We'll skip episodes of things like she famously the originals are the best one and you go no we'll go to the traditionally terrible ones of three well because if three's good then i'll definitely go back to one and if it's not i think well they weren't worth seeing well in die hard the original alan rickman's in it and he has one of my favorite lines in cinematic history because it's just so unbelievably sarcastic he's just like killed all these people in this building and he just comes out and he's like, sadly, Mr. Tiagi will not be joining us for the rest of his life. And then he just turns around and goes back into the office. And I was like, oh, my dream, man. That's great. Um, but I'm going for Edna. Okay. It seems to be the only one I can do. So I do apologise. Hans is going to be a very, very calm. <laughs> you do you. Well, said Hans. <laughs> if she is not really wise, I won't have her. <laughs> Wow, he's, he got camper during the yeah. Like, oh my god, let's tell that reception at GOY, darling. Let's go. Come on. No caps. You said have you ever seen Rock of Ages? No. Don't worry about it then. <laughs> um when they were sitting at dinner and had eaten, the mother said, Elsie, go into the cellar and fetch some beer. Then clever Elsie took the picture from the wall, went into the cellar and clapped the lid up and down as she went to pass the time. When she was below, she fetched herself a chair and set it before the barrel so that she had no need to stoop and did not hurt her back or do herself an unexpected injury. Smart. She's like, I ain't pouring this and bending over the whole time. I'm going to sit myself down and just turn the tap and whip for it to fill up. Yeah, uh, I mean, no? I, I don't know if I'd rank her like top of the class yet. Well, I wouldn't say that's a Mensa move, but I'd say that's got common sense to it. No? But he didn't say, oh, she has to have common sense. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> um, then she placed the can before her and turned the tap. And while the beer was running, she would not let her eyes be idle, but looked up at the wall and after much peering here and there, saw a pickaxe exactly above her, which the Masons had accidentally left there. Which I think's weird, right? Because in ye olde times... Mm. A, ma- a stone mason, which is the mason I'm presuming she's referring to. I'm glad we cleared that up because right. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> I thought it was the Freemasons. I thought, fuck, yeah, I've been around a long <laughs> oh, time. They've left they? their special handshake behind them. They're using a pickaxe now. But as a stone mason, you would need a pickaxe. And they ain't coming around freely. So who's just casually leaving his pickaxe going, don't bother me. I've got an abundance of pickaxes. Oh, right. Um, I think it's careless. And Or they should have returned it. Okay. Um... Can I see if uh, if it reveals itself, the pickaxe? <laughs> to be a magic pickaxe. <laughs> Probably starts talking. Like a it? really low-budget Thor. Instead of a hammer, it's just a pickaxe. Right. <clears throat> then clever Elsie began to weep and said, If I get hands and we have a child and he grows big and we send him into the cellar here to draw beer, then the pickaxe will fall on his head and kill him. What I'd say to clever Elsie... Mm. is this should have been called Anxious Elsie. <laughs> she's gone so fucking far ahead in her life. a massive escalation. Like, she's lit, Hans has just walked in. She's rocked up. Gay as the day is long. 
And here she's gone down to get a beer. They must have had, what, five minutes of conversation. She's gone, but what if we get married and have a kid? And he comes down here at this exact moment to pick up this beer and a pickaxe falls and cuts his head like an orange. Literally had the same conversation with my boyfriend the other day. About uh, you being attacked by a pickaxe. On I was your... like, mo- I'm moving into the flat, but then what if? Hang on, did you tell your boyfriend you were moving into his flat? He didn't get a say in it. <laughs> no, he, we discussed that I'm moving in. I am moving in, but then I'll, that I'll bring up a conversation every weekend. Like, so when I move in, what if this happens? And then when we buy a house oh, and we're and, and we're like, well, how about we just see how this bit goes? Because <laughs> already we've bought a four-bedroom house on right move. We haven't even stayed in the one-bedroom flat yet. I know, we're very ambitious. Let's not use we, shall we? There's one person in that relationship who's doing all of that and one person who is there. That's what's happening. Let's not kid ourselves. All right, right, anxious Elsie, tell us more. (laughs) Um, Then she sat and wept and screamed with all the strength of her body over the misfortune which lay before her. I just think it's a bit much. That's a panic attack. Well, is it a panic or is it just a very... Big knobhead of a woman, like, like. Hold on, isn't she a child? Have you forgotten she's a child? Yeah, but she's about to get married. No, she's a daughter. That doesn't mean she's a child. It just means that she's the daughter. Right. Well, you've got to figure out what she is because a what minute, she is. <laughs> a minute ago, she was so clever for getting a chair. If that's a thirty-year-old <laughs> woman, like, pick a lane. I, I think you can have common sense at any age. Is always appreciated. As somebody who's had to work with people, I can assure you it's a very rare thing for people of any age to have is common sense. So if she had it, of any age that she may be, young or old, I applaud her for it. Okay. Right. Should we give her an age? Should we say 20? Yeah, let's go 20s. And then we'll judge her on that age, that made up age. Well, as a 20-year-old, I think she's being a whingy little bitch. So here we go. (laughs) Strong stance again. Strong Does my head in. Here we go. Those upstairs waited for the drink, but clever Elsie still did not come. Then the woman said to the servant, just go down to the cellar and see where Elsie is. Sorry, I don't want to keep interrupting, although that is the point of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. If they've got a servant... Why don't they send her in the first Why place? is Elsie going down there at all? Great question. That's what I... T- that's like when my mum gets me to do the dishes. I'm like, we have a dishwasher. I thought you were going to say, we have a servant. <laughs> we have a servant. <laughs> it's my Karen, boyfriend. <laughs> have you forgotten about the servant in the spare room? <laughs> I was like, bloody hell, you've gone up in the well, didn't no, you? No, we've got a dishwasher, but she'll be like, do the dishes. I say, could we not just put that in the... You know, we've got a dishwasher. And Can you say, not load the dishwasher? She don't like to use the dishwasher because it's wasting water. So why have the dishwasher? Ask Karen. I don't fucking know. We've had this argument enough. I need to stop swearing. We've had that argument enough. Anyway, um, so right. she's got a servant. The who's maid... getting paid for absolutely nothing, apparently. Right. The maid went and found her sitting in front of the barrel, screaming loudly. Right. Soundproof uh, basement, is it? Well, let's hope so. Oh, yeah, it must be for the guy here. I need a voice for the maid. Oh, she can just be from Yorkshire. Elsie, why do you weep? Asked the maid. <laughs> Oh, she answered, have I not reason to weep? If I get hands and we have a child and he grows big and has to draw beer here, the pickaxe will perhaps fall on his head and kill him. Then the maid said, what a clever Elsie we have, and sat down beside her and began loudly to weep over the misfortune. So now the maid's cracking on and Oh, on. yeah. What is it called? She's um a liability. <laughs> no, you know when someone encourages a behaviour that they should not Annoying Well, she's encouraging that behaviour and I don't think she should have Also, I think the Brothers Grimm have got a word count I, I agree Sounds That's sense. how I wrote my dissertation You just copy and pasted 
And then she said, did I mention she said this? She <laughs> you you wrote this. like a gossip column. <laughs> yeah. Um. After a while, as the maid did not come back, those upstairs were thirsty for the beer and man said to the boy, just go down to the cellar and see where Elsie and the girl are. The boy went down and there sat clever Elsie and the girl both weeping together. Then he asked, why are you weeping? Ah, said Elsie, have I not reason to weep? Again, see this, exactly. Who's the boy? Another servant or just boy passing by. Right, we don't know his relation. Um, if I get hands, we have a child. He grows big and has to draw beer here. The pickaxe will we'll fall, fall on his head and kill him. Then, wow. said, <laughs> then said the boy, what a clever Elsie we have. And sat down by her and likewise began to howl loudly. So the thing is, is they're not just like having a little bit of a weep. They're full on howling. And they're just not identifying the situation correctly. Yeah. She's not clever. She's having a breakdown. She is not a well woman. <laughs> not a well woman. Nobody reacts this badly to a fake situation. And if they do, they deserve to be in a basement, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, upstairs. They're facilitators. That's the word I was oh, looking for. Oh, that's the word you were looking Thank for. Thank you. Right. It's a real shame we've passed on from it. Though, well, it? <laughs> I did that back in where it should but be. But I appreciate, I appreciate the follow-up. Yeah, facilitators, both of them. Scum. Upstairs, they waited for the boy, but as he still not returned, the man said to the woman, just go down to the cellar and see where Elsie is. Also, it's just where she is. It's nobody else. Also, why doesn't he... Have a pop down. Just go down. Yeah. Although, if I was... If I had asked someone to go up and get me a pint and they were taking their sweet ass time, I would just go over there myself. Yeah, just get it myself. So it's like, yeah, get off your ass. Not bad. Yeah, he's the issue. He is, well, he's an issue. The woman went down and found all three in the midst of their lam- uh, lamentations and inquired what was the cause. Then Elsie told her that her future child was to be killed by the pickaxe when it grew big and had to draw beer and the pickaxe fell down. Do you think even they knew by that point, all oh, this story's getting a bit repetitive? I so think they were like, we can't do it again. <laughs> and I respect that, Brother Scrim. Thank you so much. Self-awareness is key. Yeah. Then said the mother likewise, what a clever Elsie we have, and sat down and wept with them. Mother's in on it now. Right. Shall we see? Oh, here yeah, we go. crack on. The man upstairs waited a short time, but as his wife did not come back and his thirst grew even greater, he said, I must go down to the cellar myself and see where Elsie is. But when he got into the cellar and they were all sitting together crying and he heard the reason and that Elsie's child was the cause and that Elsie might perhaps bring one one into the world someday and it might be killed by the pickaxe if it should happen to be sitting beneath it, drawing beer just at that very time when it fell down, he cried, Oh, what a clever Elsie, and sat down and likewise wept with them. This family has issues. For a moment there... And I don't know if it's the way you read it or the way he said it. But when you were like, might and might. I think that's the way I read it. Oh, I thought he was going to have a, I thought it was a breakthrough moment. I think that was me having a mad at the story, to be honest. <laughs> and we always might do this and might do this. Just pick a lane, lad. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, whingy, whingy family. <laughs> the bridegroom. Hans. He's. I don't he, know where he he's is. He's upgraded himself. He was just a man popping round a moment ago. Now he's the bridegroom. Well, he's a father as well, apparently. Oh, Christ, yeah. Um, The bridegroom stayed upstairs alone for a long time. Then as no one would come back, he thought, they must be waiting for me below. I too... (laughs) Don't I have to do this? I too must go there and see what they are about. 
You don't um, have to do the head move. I have to do the head move, but it's all part of the character and I have to embody him. Also, how long have you been sat up there on his Todd? Um, I don't... 15 minutes, do you reckon? Why, why did you pick that <laughs> one just, from? I imagine if everyone disappeared, if I was a, if I was just going for a date at a bloke's family's house, as you do, and they all disappeared, I reckon 15 minutes is the top amount of time I'd give it before I thought, I need to go and check where everyone is because it's getting weird. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I couldn't wait longer. Yeah. I, th- I think that'd be uncomfortable. Fair. Um, when he got down, five of them were sitting screaming and lamenting quite piteously, each outdoing the other. What misfortune has happened then? He asked. You have to do the head nod. I dare you to try and do it without the head nod. <laughs> what has happened here? See? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, dear hands, said Elsie. If we marry each other and have a child and he is big and we perhaps send him here to draw something to drink, then the pickaxe which has been left up there might dash his brains out if it were to fall down. So have we not reason to weep? If you were that upset about a potential pickaxe falling on your fictitious child, why not move the pickaxe? Also... If you were on a first date, right, and you said that, yeah, you're not getting a second date. Yeah, what would happen if, hello, person whose surname I don't know, your fictitious child of mine who I've just invented got killed? Yeah, like, although saying that, on my first date with my, oh God, <laughs> with my boyfriend, mm. I'd gone for a fertility test that day. Right. Well, no, I'd got the results that day. So, like, two hours into it, I, he was like, oh, he was at the hospital. So, I was like, yeah, just having a fertility test because I just want to check how many eggs are there, how long I've got. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and then I just went into, like, the results of the fertility test. And that was on the first day. So, you were on this first date going, just to let you know, I've literally got all my eggs in one basket. I'll put them And you are the basket. And you are the basket. <laughs> but, luckily, there's no pickaxes around here. So, don't worry. That's what I mean. If that's what was scaring you, just move the pickaxe. Yeah. Although, is it too high? Get a ladder. Okay. It can't be that high if somebody's used it and left it there. You know I'm not clever Elsie, I'm don't sorry, you? I'm, really, I'm getting really angry. What? I just, this dumb bitch, honestly. Oh, my God, <laughs> the slurs. I just can't with her. Dumb bitch Elsie doesn't have quite the same ring to it, does it? <laughs> I, I know. I've never wondered why my version didn't take off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Louise Atkinson's writes fairy tales, Jesus Christ, from a padded room, apparently. <laughs> um, Tom, said Hans, more understanding <laughs> than that is not needed for my household, as you are such a clever Elsie I will have you and seized her hand and took her upstairs with him and married her immediately immediately dumb right okay. I was like do you know what if you're that worried about our fictitious child that proves to me you're clever I need nothing more than that in my household let's go get married let's go to that registry office yeah so I'm now questioning Hans a little bit yeah I'm not gonna lie to you um right after Hans had had her sometime had her like she was a cow um after hans had had her some time he said wife i'm going out to work and earn some money for us go into the field and cut the corn so we may have some bread yes dear hans i will do that after hans had gone away she cooked herself some good broth and took it into the field with her when she came to the field she said to herself what shall i do shall i shear first or shall i eat first oh i will eat first she's gone back up in my estimation now yeah food food first yeah then she emptied her basin of broth. Oh, God, she's drinking. But who was it who did? Oh, that's like Gwyneth Paltrow. She was the one who got, who lived off broth. Wasn't she like burn broth? Did she? Yeah, it was like one of her things that after, I don't know, 
Have some her... broth and shove a candle up your vag or whatever. I was going to say doing. in her, her fanny company. Yeah. In her fanny company. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. Then she emptied her basin of broth, and when she was fully satisfied, uh, satisfied, she once more said, "What shall I do? Shall I shear first, or shall I sleep first? I will sleep first." Respect. I, I, to be fair, fair play to the woman. She's now massively gone up in my estimation, so I'm back on board. Right. I always think a good nap can set you up for a hundred percent. My big yeah. napper. Yeah, I am. J'adore napping. Um. <laughs> then, then she lay down among the corn and fell asleep. Right. Okay. Probably not a great place. Probably could have totted back home, but whatever. Hans had been at home for a long time, but Elsie did not come. Then said he, What a clever Elsie I have. She is so industrious that she does not even come home to eat. He sounds like a knob. I, and I just think they don't know what clever is. Mm-hmm. Clever isn't, Oh, Fiona's been out for the day. Working and her she's, ass off. She's. Mm-hmm not come back to eat a well done Fiona what a clever girl yes as evening came however she still stayed away and Hans went out to see what she had cut but nothing was cut and she was lying among the corn asleep then little bitch right (laughs) (laughs) then Hans hastened home brought a fowler's net with little bells and hung it round her and she still went on sleeping now I could tell you that the reason I know what a fowler's net is is because I'm smart and I worked out from the words googled it no the reason I knew the word fowler is because recently I rewatched chicken run oh okay and the old rooster in it is called commander fowler and he is like amazing I mean the whole film's incredible but I was like oh so it's a bird (laughs) because he's called commander fowler Fowler. is it chicken wire no it's so a fowler is a person who catches wild birds oh okay okay so I knew it had something to do with birds like you have fowl which is like poultry and fowl and yeah so I knew it fowler was like something to do with birds because of commander fowler from chicken run okay and he's put one of those nets around his wife he's put a net with little bells and hung it round her. And okay. she just carried on sleeping. She didn't know any difference. This broth has sent her snoozing. Yeah, um, okay. Then he ran home, shut the door and sat down in his chair and worked. At length, when it was quite dark, clever Elsie awoke. And when she got up there, there was a jingling all around about her. And the bells rang at each step she took. Then she was alarmed and became uncertain whether she was really clever Elsie or not. And said, is it I? Or is it not I? But she did not know the answer to this and stood for a time in doubt. So basically, she didn't know if she's herself for no other reason. I'm baffled. Well, as is she, because she doesn't even... Now that she's got this weird net of bells around her neck, she's like, oh, that can't possibly be me because I didn't fall asleep with a net of bells around my neck. And I can see that. Sometimes I wake up... You know when you have quite a vivid dream and you wake up and you you think, oh, shit, I've got to get up for work, but it's the wrong... Yeah, but I never think I'm not myself. I never wake up thinking, oh, I'm Jayla. Like, I don't... Sometimes I do wake up with that attitude. (laughs) Give a little wiggle in the mirror. So, is is it I or is it not I? But she did not know the answer to this and stood for a time in doubt. At length, she thought, I will go home and ask if it is me or not, but they will be sure to know. She ran to the door of her own house, but it was shut. Then she knocked at the window and cried, Hans, is Elsie inside? Yes, answered Hans. She is inside. Right. This is where gaslighting came from. This is what I thought. Right. 
At that, she was terrified and said, Oh, heavens, then it is not I, and went to another door. But when the people heard the jingling of the bells, they would not open it, and she could get in nowhere. Then she ran out of the village, and no one has ever seen her since. And that... Shut up. Is that the is end not the of end. the story. That's the end of the story. So most of the Brothers Grimm stuff and most of the sort of fairy tales from the European region, um, they mostly start of once upon a time, which is meant to refer to a really old time and usually it's medieval times. Okay. So there's a potential theory here that the reason people weren't opening the door to hearing bells was in the oldie medieval times and in Roman times, actually, I think, bells were used to keep curses away. Oh, okay. So if she's jingling around, people are like, well, what curse is she trying to keep away and I don't want it at my door, so I ain't opening it. So these fairy tales you're telling me, Mm. do any of them have a happy ending? Some of them might. Depends what your version of happy is. Well, why why do they all have happy endings now in the Disney ones? Why? Why do we put happy endings on them? Because they're more for kids, aren't they? And if you went, are you kids? Life's depressing. FYI. Like, it's not. And to be honest, I don't think some of them are happy. Also, I think from uh, my New Year's Eve experience, <laughs> they're not just for children, are they? <laughs> for children and me. Um, right, so the moral of that story... Well, hang on a minute. Oh, sorry. But, yeah. Yeah, go on. All you, your you tell me? Shut your ears. <laughs> no, shut your mouth. I'm your ears. All right, Louise. Shut your ears. You can't say it twice in one episode. Because um, there's like multiple versions of this story. Right. And they're all saying... So like I told you at the beginning, like the... It was in the original version of Brothers Grimm, but it was actually called Hans's Trina, which I think is short for Katrina. Okay. Same principle, but much shorter in that he'd got a wife. She'd fallen asleep when she was meant to be doing housework. He came in, cut her dress up to her knees. And when she worked, she was like, I'm a slut. No. <laughs> she was like, oh, this can't be me because my dress wasn't torn. And then um, what was it she said? She she said joyfully, joyfully or with delight. Because um, she came back to the house and was like, is Trina in? And the household went, no, she's asleep. Well, yes, she's asleep upstairs, sorry. And she went, oh, but then it can't be me. And she ran off. So it was. there's an idea in here that it's actually about unhappy marriages and people parting who are unhappy. And that's a way that they can do it. So maybe this is a happy ending because Elsie went off and Hans didn't have to be married to her anymore. So maybe they're more happy now. What but are, what are we, mm. there's Hans, Trina... Then there's other versions of this story, and this is one of my favourite things, uh, from different countries. So there's one called Lazy Catherine, which is, I believe, Austrian. I get called lazy quite a lot. Right, Lazy Catherine specifically. (laughs) No, Lazy Fiona. (laughs) Um, The version of the story in Norway is called All Women Are Alike. Ooh. It's like not all men, isn't it? But like, yeah. That's a hashtag. But in that one, it's a very similar premise. But then at the end, I think they end up staying together because the husband goes, what's the point of getting rid of you? All women are alike. I'll just get another one. Yeah. But my favourite one by Million Miles is the Danish one, which is literally called How the Shoemaker Got Rid of His Hussy. (laughs) Right? Why didn't we do that one? I mean, we can. We could do it at a later date. But that ends, uh, it starts with, sorry. On the edge of a great forest stood a wretched hovel wherein lived a poor shoemaker, a proper old reprobate. And I just... Whoever wrote this, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> My kind of people. But yeah, what do you think the moral of this story is? Oh, it's not the bit about the marriage ending for good. No, that was just me having a bit of a chat and saying some people spoke about that. What oh, do you think? okay. What do you think the moral is? I think the moral is don't listen to other people's opinion. Don't take other people's opinion of you as fact. 
because like they were like, oh, you're clever, Elsie. She was like, oh, I am clever. Oh, no, I'm clever, Elsie. So, because they all said it to her, she thought, oh, yeah, fucking, I'm really clever. Mm. And then when she went um, out in the field and then she went, oh, am I in there? And he went, no. She, do you know what I mean? You know, like if you listen to the good stuff about yourself from other people, mm-hmm. then when people say bad stuff about you, you sort of got to listen to that as well. You know, yep. like if all the good criticism of us in comedy got to our heads... Then when we get bad reviews, we'd have to equally hold on to them, wouldn't we? This is we? why I don't pay attention to any reviews. Okay. And I go full ostrich and put my head in the sand. <laughs> well, I think Elsie should have gone full ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is maybe the moral. Uh, it's pretty, there was, so I found two, and that's actually pretty spot on. It's is basically, it? um, there's a danger to having superficial praise, which it you can lead to being overconfident, and um, you need to be fully aware of learning your own flaws. Oh it's a my. fair play. Thank you. I, my my mum does say to me, if I decide to quit comedy, I should become a counsellor because I'm very good at human behaviour. Um, <laughs> what a switch up. <laughs> That's what she said. So what? Uh, but again, don't listen to superficial praise. So <laughs> Garen's probably wrong, isn't she? Um, the other one is. Oh wait, um, let me have. A, give me a clue. Oh, give me a clue. Don't. Oh, I love a guessing game. <laughs> Think of uh, when you started calling her anxious. Yeah. To do with that. That actually she had anxiety. That's the moral of the story. No, it's like excessive worrying can lead to ineffectiveness to complete simple tasks. Oh, don't I know it. (laughs) (laughs) And clever Elsie is with us today in the studio. (laughs) I have been trying to release some social media content for freaking months and I haven't because I'm just a little worrywart about it. You know, yeah. There's other things I haven't done because of worrying. Like I wanted to skydive. I've skydived. After, you know, I haven't done that. Do you know why? Because I'm too worried to. Do you know what I'm worried about? Dying? No. Shit in my pants and then I have to give back the jumpsuit. <laughs> Dying would be more preferable. But don't you think the other one... Giving back the jumpsuit. The specificity of it. Not just shit your pants going... I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you shit yourself, then you can just, you know, if you've ever gone out and shit yourself and you just put the stuff in the bin. But if you've got to hand it back and say, thank you for the skydiving experience, that's just awful, isn't it? I love your entire situation of this. Of you're handing it, first of all, you think that you'd hand it over and not put it in a bin and run away. <laughs> then you're going and handing it back. Lose my deposit. You're not in any way saying what's happened. You just go, Thank you so much for the experience. Hand back a shit bag, basically, of cloth. And then go, thank you so much for your time. And leave. It's like, it's like when I had a colonic. Can oh I tell you about that? No. I had a colonic and I blocked the tube. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I'm going to remove this tube from your bum hole. Run. So I ran. And then I just put my clothes back on after whatever. And then at the door, I just went, is it okay to tip you? I looked her dead in the eye because I didn't know what else to say to that woman. Hang on, what did she mean? Pull the tube and run? What, like you were going to go like a balloon? Like, <laughs> what's going on there? Yeah, they put a tube up your bum. I know that, but I didn't think it was pull tube and run. It isn't normally, but when you block the tube. <laughs> oh my God. That, she said, I've never experienced this before. <laughs> and I, I didn't ask any questions. <laughs> To tip her. <laughs> well, what else Get yourself you a new tube, sweetheart. What else do you say? Thank you for your time. Goodbye. No. Thank you for your time. Sorry for ruining your day Sorry and I'm... your life. Sorry I blocked your tube. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the story. Okay, well, I, I um, 
Yeah, I'd, I would have called it anxious, Elsie. Yeah. Um, and I think, I just don't know if the um, the worrying one is correct. Even though you've just admitted that it happens to you on a oh, regular basis. Oh, it happens basis. to me all the time. And that you don't want it to happen to you. But if it was about the worrying, they would have called it worrying Elsie or anxious Elsie. Whereas it was like the Brothers Grimm didn't realise about that subtext. It was almost like the title was sarcastic and ironic. <laughs> oh, I don't get irony. You don't see it. <laughs> and I don't get subtext. So if they're all going to be like that. <laughs> I, I need in. to spell it out clearer. All right. Uh, I'll get hands to Yeah, next time you need you read the title. I love y'all now, it's spelling out for you, y'all. Mm, good stuff. <laughs> next time you read the title, it needs to be like, mm, clever Elsie. <laughs> yeah. Tschüss. Please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Be Fairy Afraid Pod. Thanks for listening.